Okay, welcome to Pod of Mercy. I am your host, Long Hair Linda, and today's special guest co-host is... Paris. Yay, how you doing, Paris? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm trying to get some energy um, together because I've been out and about walking today. And so um, I don't want to fall asleep because <laughs> this is a great topic and I'm sure I I you're, you're a great guest to have. Very, very excited. Thank you for doing the show. Um, Thank you so much. Before we get on to the topic, I do want to do a rapid fire with you, if that is okay. So I have 10 questions. Yeah. I'm going to ask you and they are a mixed bag. So some of them require you to actually think of an answer. The other ones are like a this or that, but you have yep. four five seconds to answer them first of all are you confident do you think you can do 10 questions in 45 seconds oh i'll give it a go i'm good at game shows so let's go <laughs> okay well good <laughs> luck and if you don't do it in the 10 seconds it means that i win so i'm just saying if you're competitive i just need you to okay do that. okay right let me get my timer together and go fame or wealth wealth Last thing you do before going to sleep? Brush my teeth. Beach holiday or city break? City break. Favourite pizza toppings? Mushroom and black olives. Bath or shower? Bath. Favourite cereal? Cheerios. Honesty or other people's feelings? Honesty. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? I'd be invisible. Restaurant or takeaway? Restaurant. Biggest accomplishment so far? Uh, started a battle rap league, having my son. Oh my God, that was amazing. You did it. <laughs> you literally Yay. did it with one second to spare. That was crazy. <laughs> so you, listen, I should go on game shows, man. I'm good at this shit. Wow, that was so good. Honestly, I'm so shocked because in the most recent episodes, literally no one has beat the time. So the, I'm genuinely amazed by this. No one has beat the time in forever. <laughs> good, good. Killing it. Okay, okay. You have a future in game shows. Start applying. See what you can get. <laughs> I am. Listen, I need some game show money. Let me get onto it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I loved your answers, by the way, especially your biggest accomplishment being um, starting the Battle Rap League and, of course, having your son as well. So of course. For those of you listening who don't know, Paris um, runs, um, among a few other people, the Battle Rap League called No Lose Chat, um, which is great. Mm -hmm. And you guys have got Era vs Era coming up soon, haven't you, your event? We have. We've got our two-day event coming up on the 24th and 25th of July, so... Yeah, it's about to pop off. Amazing, amazing. So if you go into the description, I will put a link there for you to um, get tickets as well. Um, it will be in London on the 24th, 25th. So please, if you can make it, uh, click on the link in the description and get yourself a ticket. Yes, please um, do. Tickets are cheap as chips. Very cheap for what you're getting as well for it to be a two-day event. Very, very, very um, good value. Definitely. Cool. Okay, so let's get into the topic then. So the topic for today's episode is uh, this phenomenon called imposter syndrome. So 
Um, the actual definition of this is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their skills, talents or accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. So it's very much an internal experience of believing that you're not as competent as others might perceive you to be, um, that you're going to be found out, that you don't belong where you are and it's just by luck that you are where you are. So a lot of the times this is seen in like a professional setting, maybe in your career, you might have been promoted to something or got a new job and you just think, oh my God, they don't realise that I have no business being here. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you first, Paris, have you ever experienced imposter syndrome yourself? Absolutely. Most definitely I have. Especially like in the earlier stages of my career when I was starting in music, I suffered from that quite a lot. What were the, what were the certain like things that you were, or what situations were you in? What circumstances were led you to feel that way? I mean... I could be stood in a room full of rappers knowing that I'm as good as them, but in the back of my mind thinking, well, the next one to rap might be so good, I can't spit after him. And all these people in this room are going to laugh at me and be like, oh my God, what's this girl doing here? She doesn't deserve to be here. She hasn't put enough work in. No one knows who she is. Like, she looks a certain way. She talks different. That my main thing was the differences between me and other rappers, which mainly were men at the time so I felt like I didn't deserve to be standing with them because they had put a certain amount of work in and they were that much more talented than me when in actual fact that wasn't the case yeah I'm with you it's mad how that that feeling can just take over like your brain as well like you really believe that way even if there's no other indication of that being true like no one even has to say anything to you no one has to put it in your mind you just literally feel it so like intensely to a point where you make it real for yourself like, yeah. i remember so many situations i've been in that whether it's been professional or even even at uni like there'd be certain assignments that i would do and just be like what the hell am i doing like they're just gonna find out that i have no idea what i'm doing that I, yeah. I shouldn't even be here right now. <laughs> um, having had no indication from anyone else that that was even true, that was all just happening in my head. And it's crazy how you can, your brain can really make you believe whatever it wants you to believe. Yeah, of course. Of course it can. I, I had that uh, similar experience, but mine was when I was applying for uni. So because I knew I didn't have the grades at school mm. and college to like warrant the uni place I had to do a a makeup course Mm -hmm. in order to get on the uni course but then even though I passed the makeup course and I got my uni place I still felt like I wasn't smart enough to be at uni so I was like oh what am I doing here they're gonna see that I've just literally scraped by by the skin of my teeth and I'm not as clever as like this paperwork is making me out to be kind of thing so yeah (laughs) I, I fully get it it is, it's debilitating to a lot of people as well. They don't, it's not a thing that people necessarily understand and know how to get out of. Yeah, very. it's a very hard thing to talk yourself out of. And I think that a lot of people, um, probably myself included, have missed out on some great opportunities because they've just convinced themselves that yeah. they're not right for it or that they're not good enough or worthy enough yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the term itself, so the term imposter syndrome, 
um, was first used by psychologists Suzanne Imes and Pauline Rose Clance or Clance in 1970s. Um, and it was originally thought to apply mostly to high achieving women. Mm-hmm. Since then, though, um, it has been recognised as a more widely experienced um, sort of thing. But it is still something that I particularly have noticed happens to a lot of black women. That Black women suffer this frequently. I don't know if it's because of um, like societal pressures on top of whatever we're doing and the fact that like when you look now at a lot of statistics about black women, it's like, you know, the, the most entrepreneurial at the moment it is that like that's the... I guess intersection of 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 community that is sort of um at the like building businesses at the highest rates and getting like business funding at the highest rates and the most highly educated as well in terms of masters and doctorates and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I think when you look at that and then like you think you have to live up to that, that could I think potentially give you some imposter syndrome. And then if you are yeah. that, if you have a doctorate, if you have a master's or you're in the middle of getting it, you must think like, oh my God, what the hell am I doing here? Cause you might look around and see that no one else kind of looks like you and should you really be there? Yeah. Um, so there's so I mean, go on, go with on. The, sorry, with the, um, it's a good point that you make that it, it used to, or still does like highly, affect black women because I mean it's it's a to in today's society to to say that you know it affects only black women is is I, I agree with it because I'm thinking for years my whole life we've always been told that we're we're inferior to white women and to white people in general so that makes you feel like a you have to fight harder and b when you do fight harder, you're still not going to get the same opportunities offered to you that they would get, which gives you that same, that complex, like, right, when you do eventually get that opportunity, if you get that opportunity, you're there sitting, well, sitting there thinking, well, did they give me the opportunity because I'm talented or did they give me because they need to, to um, fill a quota or, you know, aim at a certain demographic? It's, it's weird because I get it. With the music thing, it's like the the bulk of the industry is men and the women get overlooked because we're women. But then when it comes to labels and stuff, when they're signing women and black women in particular, they won't ever sign a black woman like me that speaks about normal shit and things that are going on around me rather than over overly sexualizing myself and selling sex as the product rather than the music you get what I'm saying so that that um stigma with the imposter syndrome that attaches itself to black women is definitely evident most definitely because we always feel like we're playing second fiddle to somebody who's not black I mean that's true and then like things that maybe um that we do or popularize are kind of seen as a as a down or a bad thing for us but if somebody else who is a non-black woman does the same thing it's now a now a um it's now praise and everyone's making a huge deal out of it and it's money monetized and it's like a a massive deal but it's like they want like 
they want the thing that we have, but they don't want it in in a package that it's coming in. They don't want it in us. Yeah. They want it in yeah. a non-black woman to do the same thing so that it can be praised and they can get all the money and whatever yeah, else. It's, it's more palatable when yeah. somebody that's not black does it. Absolutely. And I think weird. you're right, though. That can then make us feel like, even if we're trying not to feel that way, even if it's not a conscious thing, it might put that in the back of our minds that we're not worthy of certain yeah. opportunities. So that when we do get certain opportunities, we think, oh, it's literally just luck. It can't be because I am skilled, I am talented, I'm supposed to be here. I'm going to be found exactly. out. Someone's going to figure out that they've given me this opportunity by mistake and it's going to be all over. I think I think exactly. there's definitely a correlation there for sure. Um. So I wanted to go over, there were eight characteristics that were listed on verywellmind.com about mm-hmm. imposter syndrome. And I just wanted to kind of see which of these both of us have experienced, if that's okay. So I tried not to look, I literally wrote the list down. I copied it really quickly. I tried not to look individually because I wanted to answer it, you know, the same way as you are at the minute, just kind mm-hmm. of fresh on my mind. So the first one, uh, first characteristic is a simple one. So that's uh, self-doubt. So I think we've covered yeah. that. There's definitely moments that we've felt that. So the second one is an inability to realistically assess your competence and skills. So have you ever thought, like, because you mentioned in the music industry that you'd be in situations where you think, oh my God, I'm not really supposed to be here. Did you mm-hmm. ever think that you, in terms of your rapping skills, though, that you weren't competent, even though you know you are? Um, I think that the only time that I thought that was after just after I um, had my son the the talk when I was pregnant was that oh your career's over now you can't do anything and I was on the verge of of being signed and doing something massive but I had to put all of that on hold obviously because I was having a baby so it was like null and void basically but yeah I think at that point when it got to um sorry i'm just i'm just feeling i'm trying to rethink over it when it get, when it gets to things like that i don't know i don't know i think I, i've definitely say again what did you, you feel like that you because i get that like people it's quite common in the music industry isn't it that they'll say that to women who are about to have children and say look that's it for your career basically but did yeah. that ever make you feel or once you'd had your son and you were going back into the rap inside of things and just doing it for, even if it was just for yourself did you mm-hmm. ever doubt your actual skill like your competence of rapping anymore like did you yeah. think that you'd lost that that you'd lost that touch that you had yeah but i think that was mainly because of um me not being motivated to, right. to write anything or to make any music I was not motivated for that at that point I, I was um suffering really badly from postnatal depression so I was like yeah I'm not good enough to do this music thing no more like and I quit and I stopped making music for about five or six years um yeah so I it, it did make me take a break because I was doubting whether I was even able to do it anymore yeah that's crazy because it's like the way this is phrased as well where it says an inability to realistically assess like I felt like that was a bit of a drag for me because I'm one of these people where I can be really logical and look at things from a very logical perspective and be like look clearly it is an objective fact that this that you have this skill or that you are competent enough to do xyz 
Yeah. When that imposter syndrome is hitting, man, when my brain is like self-doubt, 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 even though the logic is still there in the back of my mind, I will 100% convince myself that I am not able to do something that I am able to do. Like yeah. I will just convince myself it is not a skill that I have. It, I'm not competent. It is not something that I can actually do. Even if I've done it 100 times before, even if I have been rewarded for doing it, whether it was with, you know, salary or, you know, extra money or prize or whatever, or recognition, if mm-hmm. things that I know I can do, I can successfully convince myself that, nope, that's not something I can do. Which yeah. is wild and, and really just mental when you think about it. No, it, it is when you think about it. Cause it's like, well, how, how do you convincingly tell yourself you cannot do this? When in, re- in all reality, you know that you can, but your your mind will will paralyze you to the point of, being fearful of doing that task because you you don't want to fail at it yeah yeah 100 percent. the third one is attributing your success to external factors so if you do something successfully there's no way that it was you it must have been this person who helped you or this other thing that happened that you know coincidentally helped you in some way have you ever experienced that yeah i've done that a few times However, I have learned to take credit for my own successes now. <laughs> I've yeah. definitely learned that. Because giving other people credit for shit that you do, they don't even really appreciate it more time. So now I'm just like, yeah, fuck that. Uh, I've learned to credit myself. That's real. I've done that too. I, I don't know if that's a thing that comes with a little bit of age as well, just spending a little bit more time on, on the earth and seeing seeing a bit more of, life i guess because i'm the i'm the same way as you i I used to just kind of let people have the credit for certain things um that were me um Mm. or just like not 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 taking not taking a compliment i think kind of might fall into this because it's not really a success but like if somebody is complimenting you on your work or something that you have done Mm. I would have a hard time just saying thank you. Like even now, I still have to tell myself just say thank you. Yeah, just say thank you. Just say thank you. Just, don't say oh yeah, it's only because no, because then that's you putting that on an external factor. That's you kind of diminishing what you have done and what you've yeah. achieved. So that's something I'm learning too. Where I'm like, I'm just gonna take the credit. I'm just gonna say thank you um, whenever my work or whatever is complimented, and just just take it and move on. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's hard to do, man. That's really hard to do. It is. It took me a while to learn how to do that. But you know what? Once I did learn how to do it, I felt a lot better. So like, there's no there's no point in giving everybody else credit for things that you know that you worked really hard on. And you're yeah. just going to sit and watch somebody else lord over you with the knowledge that they didn't do anything. No, that's, I can't that's, do that. Uh, yeah, that's so true. All right, the fourth one is berating your performance. I think this is pretty straightforward, just talking down yeah. on your stuff, basically. Um, the fifth one is the fear that you won't live up to your expectations. Oh, my God. <laughs> Again, this is such a drag. This article may as well have been written for me, like, honestly. For real. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a big one, isn't it? You've, I don't know if you've had this experience of, like, feeling like, not just your own expectations, but like other people's as well. Like people who 
know you, who who um, support you, who are a fan of yours, you mm. feel like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to live up to that at all. Yeah, I think I feel that more now as a league owner than I even did just as a rapper because I, I now I'm conscious of the fact that we have to put these cards on to please a lot of people. And if if it falls short, then to me, it's a failure. Do you get what I'm saying? So I'm very um, aware now of the fact that it's not just me. It's it's this wider demographic of people now that I have to to please. You get me? So, yeah, (laughs) that's a mad one. Yeah, that is. I mean, what are you what are you doing to mitigate that, like in your mind at the moment? Um, you know, do you know what? I have regular phone calls with Snoop and Tally. Um, shouts out to Snoop and Tally. That's the other half of the team. But um, I have regular conversations with them. So they they kind of like keep me on an even keel then. It, the reassurance is always there from them too. So I don't, it doesn't affect me as much. That's good. So now, now I'm able to just deal with what I need to deal with. If we, we, we run any ideas past each other so I don't ever have to like make decisions by myself so you know it's a it's a team failure if it fails basically yeah that's good then you're not like by yourself you're in it together kind of thing yeah yeah awesome okay uh the sixth one is overachieving apparently Hmm. that is a sign of imposter syndrome so just going above and beyond because you feel like oh my god I'm not worthy to even be here. Let me just put absolutely everything and more into it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. This article's just rude at this point. To be honest. <laughs> I'm feeling targeted right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a little bit like I'm uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that, that definitely applies to me as well. Um, and then the seventh one is sabotaging your own success. Oh yeah, I've done that. Man, that self-sabotage is real. I can't tell you the number of times where I've I have talked myself out of an opportunity and just not shown up because I have wound myself up so much that I've convinced myself that that wasn't the right place for me. And then mm-hmm. I just didn't, I either didn't do what I needed to do for it or I didn't show up in whatever way or I just like gracefully bowed out of the situation and i'm just man that's one of the things of like when you when you start especially with this pandemic when you stop and you're not constantly distracted you know when we had the lockdowns and everything it was like all i had was my thoughts and so i just had a whole bunch of stuff like replaying (laughs) from before going why did i not do this why did i do that and try i don't want to live in regret but there are certain situations where you can see certain patterns of behavior. So I'm trying to do that thing where you balance between not living in regret, but also making sure you're not making the same mistakes again and not repeat yeah. the same patterns, which is tough to do. But man, there it are is many situations like this. Like you said, we were in lockdown, so it's a lot tougher to really sit down and think about those mistakes and not making them again <laughs> do you know what I mean because it's like wow what the hell why did I make that mistake in the first place that was stupid do you know what I mean I've sat down and thought of over all of the dumb things that 
and dumb decisions that I've made in the past like two and a half, maybe three years while we was doing while we was in lockdown. Mm. And thought, wow, girl, like really. <laughs> this is mad. It's just it's crazy. And like just that that word sounds so dramatic, like the sabotage, but it's true. That's exactly what you're doing to yourself every time you yeah. You you make yourself believe you're not worthy, and then that, and then you don't show up for whatever reason. That's massively. Even if you do show up, that's still sabotaging yourself because you're sabotaging like your well being. You're like mm. making yourself, even if you're doing the work, whatever you need to do, whatever situation or circumstance you're in, you're you're making it not joy enjoyable for yourself. Yeah. Because yeah. you're winding yourself up and you're telling yourself that this isn't for you, and it's just like, man, the brain is powerful. Okay. And the last one is uh, setting very challenging goals and feeling disappointed when you fall short. <laughs> normal. That's normal. So that's just me. If, that, <laughs> if I've ever read a sentence that was me, that's it. Like That's why I said that's normal. <laughs> man, I will set myself a goal that doesn't even make sense. Like I will set myself a goal that is just not possible for human beings. Yeah. And then when it doesn't happen, I'm like, you see, you see, this is what's wrong with you. <laughs> you can't make yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I do it all the time. I set myself unrealistic, stupid goals with songs that I'm writing, or like if I'm gonna put a project together, or I might say something outlandish, or set up a stupid, or think of a stupid battle to set up, and then I think, come on now, you know that's not gonna happen. It's just dumb. There's, there's no point in wasting brain energy thinking about this stuff mm. but it's it's nice for the time when you're thinking about it and then you think back and think again yeah, okay that was silly yeah, <laughs> especially you. if you make yourself believe that it's a real goal and not just like a little daydream because if you make of course believe it's a real goal and then it doesn't happen because of course it's not going to happen you're then disappointed and you've now pissed yeah. yourself off <laughs> it's just like yeah. why did it's i not... what was this for what was this exercise for <laughs> And I'm that person that's pissed off laugh now for the next two, three days. Yeah. I don't want no one to talk to me. Don't phone me. <laughs> I just want to sit in my house, play video games and do stupidness. I don't care about what anyone's got to say. <laughs> Which is just mad because you could have avoided that whole thing. You've literally just wound exactly. yourself up for nothing. Oh man, that's so me. That's so exactly. Okay. Um, all right, so imposter syndrome expert Valerie Young, um, who is the author of the book The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women, also yeah. found patterns in people who experience imposter feelings, right? So um, she's kind of split them up into a few little different types of people. So um, I wanted to see which ones you think apply to you. It might be more than one. It might just be the one. But um, I think a couple of these might fit me looking at them now. Um, so the first one is perfectionists. So uh, perfectionists set extremely high expectations for themselves. And even if they meet 99% of their goals, they're going to feel like failures. Any small mistake will make them question their own competence. Mm. I feel like I have those tendencies. I don't, mm, I don't feel like I'm a perfectionist per se, because I don't mind if, um, everything's not perfect but I do mind if I do people where you're like as long as it happens yeah I mean so like for instance like throwing an event 
my thing is if we sell enough tickets and get enough people through the door and all the battles happen and that's perfect however there's the you have to make space for if you don't sell enough tickets and if a couple of the battlers don't show up if the venue decides that we can't have one of the days that is all the the problems that come with it yeah so yeah and then I don't think I'm I don't think I'm um a perfectionist because I wouldn't mind if the day is just able to go ahead and we have most of the battles and it's a friendly day and the vibe is nice I'd be cool with it it doesn't have to be perfect do you get what I'm saying yeah I'm with you I'm with you I think I have I think I have perfectionist tendencies for sure but I don't think it's in everything so like yeah if I'm if I thinking back to uni days if I'm writing an essay for example or even if it's like at work and I'm doing like a like a a whole pack or document or whatever that has to be my level of like perfect like it has to be and if it's not I I will be so stressed but it's not because I mean I will put in the work to make it perfect Mm -hmm. so it's not like I'm expecting somebody else to make it perfect but it's like yeah I won't rest until it's perfect in my eyes um whereas I knew I've always known a lot of people who can just do a good enough thing and then give that off and it it has everything it needs and it's fine but I'm not I can't with with that I can't do it I'm not like that with everything though so that's why I'm I'm kind of saying it's like a tendencies I think I'm more of a I'm not a perfectionist but I have have those attributes and I think I agree with the tendencies because I think I'm like that with with my music so I will have a song and I'll write it and everyone will say it's banging. But if it's if I if it doesn't sound the way I want it to sound, I won't put it out and I'll sit on it for like a year or two before anyone else will ever hear it or it's ever released because it's not to my level of perfection in the song. Do you get what I'm saying? So yeah. in, in music wise, I'm definitely a perfectionist, but um overall in general in life, I don't think I am. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Okay, I'll probably agree with you there then. Okay, the next one is experts. So experts feel that they need to know every piece of information before they start a project and constantly look for new certifications or trainings to improve their skills. They won't apply for a job if they don't meet all the criteria in the posting and they might be hesitant to ask a question in class or speak up in a meeting at work because they're afraid of looking stupid if they don't already know the answer. Does that describe you, do you think? No. 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 I think I think I'm kind of like this, but not really. So I will speak up in class if I don't know. I've always been the type that will speak up in class even if I don't know the answer. I don't mind asking. Yeah. I don't mind looking stupid, none of that. And same with meetings at work. Um, yeah. I do, it does resonate with me though, feeling like I need to know every piece of information before I start something. Like if I'm approaching a new project, I do a lot of research to get it right. Um, yeah. I'm just like that naturally. I've always been that way. I like to research something to hell and then be like, right, I'm confident enough that I can successfully do something with this. Um, yeah. I do like the odd certification and training stuff um, when I have the time. I, although I don't know if I constantly look for new ones. I don't know if that applies to me. But I have always been the type that doesn't apply for a job unless I meet all of the criteria like specified on the listing. Yeah, I've always that, been that way yeah. and the one time I didn't do that I actually have just like got a new kind of role that has completely changed how I work and yeah I think is gonna be don't know yet but I think is gonna be for the better because it's gonna let me 
work how I want to work rather than be employed in a way that I've always been employed and hated. Yeah. So by not doing what I always do, which is only applying for jobs where I meet every single criteria listed, mm-hmm. um, I've actually I possibly made, gone into a completely new field that is exciting. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. I, don't, I think um, expert, it doesn't apply to me really, but I do speak up if I don't know something and I do like to have knowledge about things, but the rest of it doesn't really apply to me. Yeah. Okay. And the next one is the natural genius. So when the natural genius has to struggle or work hard to accomplish something, they think this means they aren't good enough. They are used to skills coming easily. And when they have to put in the effort, their brain tells them that that's proof they're an imposter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't think that's me. <laughs> I don't think that's me. Okay, I'm laughing because I think this is me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think this is me when I was at school. Yeah. So when I was at school, I would get decent grades without ever studying, right? Yeah. And then the one time I didn't get a good grade, bearing in mind I didn't do any of the homework I didn't do any of the studying right so of course I shouldn't have got a good grade but the one time I didn't I had a complete meltdown (laughs) (laughs) lord so I had like a total meltdown and I had convinced myself that I was stupid I was telling my mum that I was stupid like it was bad right um and yeah so I, I was kind of always like that I did everything last minute um I barely did any work like it was really ridiculous now I look back at it but even at uni even once I finally got myself to uni and I was you know studying law and it was super like challenging and and interesting and all this kind of stuff like I would do absolutely everything last minute I had a 10,000 word dissertation that I was given like four months to do and I wrote it in four days wow leading up to the deadline because I was like, no, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Ah, It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And then the week of, I was like, maybe I should start writing this thing. And I did it and I got a good grade, (laughs) but it's like, because things like that always happened when now I do something last minute or I don't put that much effort into something and then it doesn't work out. I don't know what to do. I'm like, oh my God, I'm stupid. (laughs) Yeah. That's, I don't, I don't, um, I I, felt, I find that if I don't, I know exactly what I can do and what I can't do and I'll try something and if it doesn't work out, I'll try again. But then after that, I'll just sleep alone. <laughs> that was it. Fair enough. Okay, and then we got soloists. So soloists feel like they have to accomplish tasks on their own. And if they need to ask for help, they think that means they are a failure or a fraud. Do you think that's you? Mm-hmm. I I have been like this at periods in my life. Different. There's been different periods where I've been the soloist, mm. but um, I am no longer that person. That's good. Do you work well with other people? Yes, I do very much so. I've had to learn to be like that since you know music is a very interactive thing. So I'm constantly having to work with people, and. Um, it helps if the person that you work with, you vibe with nicely. So for instance, me and my producer, um, Dre, um, TE1, um, he produces all my stuff. And I've kept that that same producer for 10 plus years, simply because I've been able to work with him. 
we have a really good working relationship. And now, obviously, I've got to do a show with Jay and Jen. And me and Jen used to do, me and Jay used to do Triple B. So working with other people has slowly crept in because I've been um, on this solo music wave for a long time. But now I'm doing everything with everyone else. It helps as well to not have as much pressure on your back. Having the other people to lean on is very helpful. <laughs> so the solo thing is is uh, not me anymore, but I, it definitely was. Yeah, I hear that. I've had moments of kind of this kind of soloist behaviour, but I think it's it's not necessarily because I don't like asking for help. I don't think, which I think mm. this is what it's focusing on. Um, yeah. For me, I think it's more just being a bit of a control freak. A lot of the time, I'm like, if uh, let me just do it myself. Let me just do it. Um, yeah. Which is also not good because you can't do everything yourself. You will burn out eventually. But yeah, I think I kind of see what you're saying. Like I, I've had moments a little bit like this where I'm just doing things myself. But as you know, as I've done more things, experienced more life, I guess, um, I'm able to collaborate with other people better and, and understand the value of other people as well. Like what they can bring to the table that you might not have thought of or some skill that they might have that you don't have and they can help balance yeah. out whatever it is you're working on, which is always good. Definitely. For sure. I think there's, I think there's um, traits of everyone. Everyone has um, all of those <laughs> those um, tendencies from, like, all of them. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, the last one is supermen or superwomen who push themselves to work harder than those around them to prove that they're not imposters. They feel the need to succeed in all aspects of life, at work, as parents, as partners, etc., and may feel stress when they're not accomplishing something. Does that sound like you? Yeah, that, that sounds a lot like me. <laughs> that sounds a lot like me. I do, I do feel stressed my mood gets proper low when I feel like I'm not accomplishing something so it makes me feel lazy and I don't like to feel lazy fair I think I'd agree with you I kind of have I don't think this is like the majority of my personality this kind of like superwoman thing but I do have it a little bit so I do like yeah. the feeling that you get when you've accomplished something I like the feeling I'm a, I'm one of these people where I love a list I love a to-do list and there is nothing more satisfying than ticking off everything on a to-do list. That feels oh, like, oh <laughs> my God. Like, honestly, it is... The and I'm the opposite. Like, I can think of nothing worse than having to sit down and write a list. Oh. I'm like, it's in my head. I know what I need. I know what I need to get. I know what I need to do. Let's get it done. <laughs> That's it. Man, I love a list. Like organizing it organizing and planning is just so much fun to me i don't know why i have no idea why um i actually tweeted this the other day where i was like i love it in my sort of professional life organizing and planning but i still haven't organized my wardrobes in i don't know how long um for some <laughs> reason I, I can't make myself do that i know that i need to do it and i still ugh, whatever but, but if it's when it... organized mess <laughs> yeah i mean it's not even necessarily that it's messy it's more that um 
it, I mean, it's a little messy, but it's more that I need to like clear out all my seasonal stuff, like, you know, all of that. I never get around to doing it. I do a little bit and then I'm like, oh, I'm bored. I need to do something else, right? But like, I always tell myself, you know, when, when we're coming to an end of a season, I'm like, I'm going to do my wardrobe so that my wardrobe only has the stuff that I'm going to wear this season. Um, yeah. But now if you look at my wardrobe, as hot as it is outside, I've got all types of fleeces and whatever else hanging up. Because <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I'll get around to it at some point. But by the time yeah. I actually do, it might be October and I'll need them again. So it's like, yeah, true. Here's what it is. But yeah, I, I definitely have those moments where I want to overachieve, that's for sure. And I think that's kind of the gist of the superwoman or superman thing. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, so I wanted to also find some tips to deal with imposter syndrome because it's all well and good identifying it, but the aim mm -hmm. is to get better and, and not, not keep doing this and, and screwing ourselves over, right? So yeah. I found some tips on time.com. Mm -hmm. um, and the first step apparently is to acknowledge the thoughts and put them into perspective which makes sense yeah um, then you have to ask yourself does that thought help or hinder me mm -hmm. i love that i love that idea of posing that question to yourself like when a thought pops into your head go okay is this actually going to be a helpful thing to me or is it going to hurt me like what is yeah. what is the point of this thought which i just think is such a great great way to approach this um, so the expert that I mentioned earlier on imposter syndrome, Valerie Young, the author, she says that uh, reframing your thoughts is important. So she says uh, people who don't feel like imposters are no more intelligent or competent or capable than the rest of us. It's very good news because it means that we just have to learn to think like non-imposters. Which is a great point because... Um, like to use your example Paris when you're in a room full of other musicians and you're feeling the way that you are because of your imposter syndrome you're looking around and it doesn't seem like everybody else feels the way that you feel right about them yeah and so all we need to do is emulate that because you know it doesn't mean that they're more competent than us it just means that they're not having that same kind of struggle internally that we're having right yeah all we need to do is just learn how to kind of almost mimic that and mimic that confidence i guess and that, yeah you know aura of yeah i got this and yeah and over time it becomes easier and you and you just grab it anyway exactly exactly um another tip is to learn to value constructive criticism mm -hmm. um, i know a lot of people that would struggle with that Mhm, mm mm hmm It's like putting your ego aside, isn't it? And just being yeah. like, let me just take on what this person's saying. That's difficult for a lot of people to do. Yeah, you're right. The next tip is ask for help. Just also, again, another thing that's difficult for a lot of people to do, but mm -hmm. it's necessary. Definitely. Um, the next tip is remember that the more you practice the skill, the better you get at it. Um, so I guess this exactly. was targeted at people who might, whose imposter syndrome might be alleviated by actually getting really good in their own eyes at that skill. So some people might have imposter syndrome because, um, I don't know, if we put it in a school perspective, because all their grades are Bs and Cs. But if they work yeah. super hard and they're getting As all the time, then that might, might make them feel better so that if a thought pops into their head, that's kind of related to their imposter syndrome. They can be like, no, don't be silly. I've got A's. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
that's kind that of would be that used to be my exact advice to new artists anytime I did an interview or someone spoke to me or I went in a school or anything and they asked me what would be your advice to new artists or up and coming or people who want to get into music that was my exact advice practice your craft because the better the more you practice the better you're going to be at it the less negative stuff people are going to have to say if you practice no one can tell you anything because you're going to be at a point in your game where no one can fuck with you. Yeah. And that's just the bottom line of it. Practice the craft for real. It's true. Very true. Very good advice. Um, the next tip is share your feelings with people that you trust. So it's funny that mm. as I was reading this, it reminded me of when you just said literally early on that you then speak to Snoop and Tally whenever you're having feelings with regards to the league. Um, mm-hmm. making sure that you're on the right path at least you've got them that you can go to that you can trust that you have those yeah. conversations with to almost yeah. get you off the ledge which I think is great yeah for sure you're already practicing a lot of these you're on you're on the right track Paris you're doing good <laughs> yeah, it's not like it. I'm, I'm quite chuffed at that to be honest <laughs> <laughs> Um, The last tip that I found on time.com was actually from the psychologist Audrey Irvin, who recommends seeking out professional, uh, a professional psychologist as well to help, Um, which is always good. I know that like therapy is always um, a good idea. So if you are um, in therapy, um, maybe this is something that you can bring up in your conversation as well. If you have imposter syndrome, you can have these discussions and see if um see if your therapist can make any recommendations aside from what we already know indeed um so the main the main thing the main thing that i'm seeing with this is that know that you're basically not alone Uh, apparently an estimated 70 percent of people experience these imposter feelings at some point in their lives um people experience it in in all aspects of life as well it's it's crazy Mm -hmm. not it doesn't just pertain to careers and those kind of things you find that it happens in relationships always in families even yeah i mean people will go through these types of things i think that if you're having conversations with other people they can hopefully relate to you if you're if you're in a situation you need their help you need their advice or you need to just get it off your chest they they might be able to relate to you because they might be oh do you know what i went through that when i when blah 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 happened at some point in my life yeah Yeah, which is always good um and the last bit here um by valerie young who is the author she um so apparently most people experience moments of doubts and that's normal the important part is not to let that doubt control your actions which is what valerie young says So uh, she goes on to say, the goal is not to never feel like an imposter. The goal for me is to give people the tools and the insights and the information to talk themselves down faster. They can still have an imposter moment, but not an imposter life. Mm, I like that. I love that. That's so great because you are going to have moments of doubt and all of this kind of stuff. Of course, that's normal, but not mm. letting it ruin your whole day your whole life your you know opportunities i think that's going to be the main goal really isn't it definitely definitely and you'd probably end up a much more cheerier person in the long run anyway yeah imagine if you know we were talking about in the pandemic like we were thinking about um you know random decisions that we might have made in the past Imagine yeah. if we like grabbed every opportunity that had been that had been presented to us by the bullhorns and just went with it. Like, you will just be such 
like we'd be so happy all of the time do you know what I mean like that's kind of what I was thinking like if I can just learn to just take on all of these opportunities wherever they may come from whatever they may be you Mm. never know how joyous your life can be and how happy you would just be on a guy you just be so cheerful all the time yeah exactly it's like we are dedicated to making things hard for ourselves when they don't ever have to be right like life's already hard there's no reason yeah making it harder on ourselves yeah exactly it's cray cray (laughs) well so uh we've come to the final segment of the show thank you so much for going over that and talking a bit about your life experiences as well no problem Um, so the final segment of the show is called Mahakama and Mahakama is a Swahili word and it means court um, or high court specifically. Uh-huh. Um, so in this segment of the show, um, basically I'm trying to be less judgmental in my life. I'm trying to show a bit more grace. Um, okay. But I do have, I do, I do have those moments where I really, I just need to judge the shit out of people, situations, etc. So I created a segment on this podcast where I can just do that um so i wanted to find you know since you know imposter syndrome is usually more prevalent in like career type things Mm -hmm. career settings i thought it would be good to get a handful of bad workplace or professional habits to see which you can live with and which are an absolute no-go for you (laughs) so right now we're thinking about a hypothetical work colleague okay and mm-hmm. you're gonna t- I'm going to give you five instances and you're going to tell me whether you'd give this hypothetical work colleague mercy or no mercy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so number one, late to meetings, mercy or no mercy? But late to how many meetings though? All of them? So is it number dependent? Well, yeah, because if you're late to one meeting, I can let it slide. But if you're late to more than one, then we've got a problem. Okay, so what if, like, literally every meeting you have set up, they're just always a little bit late? Even if it's, like, a couple of minutes, five minutes, they're always just a bit late? Yeah, yeah, no mercy. <laughs> I, I like professionalism in my business. Fair. Um, I I mostly agree. I'm trying not to be too much of a hypocrite because I have a habit of being late. <laughs> so I was late to this meeting that we had today. <laughs> um, That's- like I'm late to I'm late to more social things I think in a professional situation I do tend to be more on time like especially with like virtual meetings and stuff I will just be on there like Mm. um but I mean I do have those moments where I am I am running late I try to let everyone know what's going on though but I need to be better about time management because I I don't want people to think I don't respect their time I'm just shit at managing my own that's all it is I hear that. Um, so I'm not gonna say um, I'm not gonna say no mercy because I feel like that would be too hypocritical. I'll say mercy, but yeah. Well, <laughs> all right, the second one. So this hypothetical work colleague is a bit of a know-it-all um, that keeps rephrasing or expanding on a comment that you just made. No mercy. I hate that shit. <laughs> I absolutely that out oh, that it grinds me I can't <laughs> I can't deal no no mercy it can't happen um yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with you on that one no mercy the first couple of times I'll allow it but if you keep doing that 
it just reads very mansplaining to me you know like like yeah you say something in a meeting and then the man just has to be like yeah and then da, 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 and then it all but all of a sudden becomes like it was them and it was their idea and you're just like really yeah and also it leaves me feeling like you're coming for me like yeah. why are you coming for me what did i do to you <laughs> <laughs> Don't come for me because now I'm going to have to turn it around and it's going to get ugly. So, yeah, mm -mm, no mercy. Oh, okay. And then uh, the third one, this is more, you know, back in the days when we were actually working in offices with people. I know a lot yeah. of people still work with, you know, people, whether it's offices or retail or whatever. So um, a colleague that brings in smelly lunches, mercy or no mercy? Oh, they can get mercy for that one because I'm I'm one of those people. I'll bring in the, everyone else is eating sandwiches and I'm I'm bringing mutton and rice from home and banging it in the microwave. Now the whole of the staff room smells like mutton and rice. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, "Oh, that smells nice. What you got? Mind your business. That's all. <laughs> Mind your business." <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a great reference. Um. Anything Fresh Prince is the best. Uh, yeah, so you know, <laughs> I I'm I'm stuck on this one because here's the thing: I don't mind if a lunch is smelly. I I love other people's traditional foods. Like go for it. I don't even care. It's not so much spices or anything like that that's the issue for me. For me, it's two very specific food items. If you eat anything with eggs, or you microwave any type of fish oh yeah i can't i can like I, I have to leave the room see i do have i do have workplace lunch etiquette like i won't turn up at, at um work with mackerel and rice for lunch and then bang it in the microwave that's a that's liberty you see them people that bring in like a fish pie and stick it in the mic like proper like frozen fish pie as well that has to be in the microwave for six minutes or whatever and it just sticks out <laughs> everywhere and it all smells like hot fish no i can't i can't do it i hate it i hate it so much so if it's fish or eggs like eggs is a new one eggs is only since i've been vegan like eggs has only been in the last six years um yeah i, I don't know why because i used to eat eggs and had no issue with eggs like before i was vegan but something happened when after a while and I just the smell of it, I can't do it. And it doesn't even matter what type of egg. If it's cold egg, I still smell it. Like if it's oh. boiled and pre-boiled and you bring it in and it's in a salad or something, I can still smell it from miles away. I don't know what it is. But um, <laughs> if it's those two, then it's definitely no mercy at all. But if it's like, you know, curries, like different types of curries or you know stews or things like that that have lots of different spices and onion and garlic and all that kind of stuff i actually don't mind that at all i don't mind yeah. that um so yeah i'm a bit torn with that one all right uh, the fourth <laughs> one is constantly bringing up divisive topics like politics religion etc mercy or no mercy mm. see this is a difficult one because i mean i would give mercy because I want, because now I want to test you and debate with you about this topic. Facts. That's exactly my answer as well. <laughs> I don't mind divisive topics, you know. I really do. Yeah. I really, I know a lot of people are really uncomfortable about them. I don't, I like, I love it. I love it here. So yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not the one. Don't go to, don't go to town with me with uh, on divisive topics because we can do it all day. Facts. Bring it on. I'm down. Do you want to bring up a political argument? Let's go. I'm down. I can right. do it all day. <laughs> okay. exactly. And then the last one is this hypothetical work colleague is the office gossip. I mean, they have 
all of the tea, every single bit of gossip that happened outside and inside the workplace. Mercy or no mercy? Yeah, mercy. I'm friends with that person. <laughs> I'm def- that's the person I make friends with first at work. Yeah, let me make friends with the office gossip because then you know everything, <laughs> but you don't tell nothing. <laughs> you get me? That's the motherfucker you need to be friends with. They'll give you all the tea. They'll tell you all the tea about the managers when the managers come in. If you're up, when you're up for appraisal, all these things there, you'll get all the info. You see from who in the office. It's tea. Yeah. But don't ask my business because I'm not telling you nothing. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly my answer. Mercy, I'm going to be friends with them, but I'm only going to be friends with them in the sense of I'm not telling them anything about my life ever. Exactly. Only information I will never tell them is stuff that I don't mind everyone knowing because if they're telling me all the tea, you know they're telling everyone else my tea as well. Exactly. The main thing they will know about me, my name, (laughs) maybe my age, where I'm from, and that I do music. Absolutely nothing else. That's it. Yep. Okay. All right. That is it. Thank you so, so much for doing uh, this episode of Pod of Mercy. I'm so excited that you're able to do this episode. Thank you for having me on. It was good. Of course. Of course. Is there anything that you would like to promote or let the listeners know about? Oh, yes, indeed. Um, I would like to first off start by promoting No Loose Chat, which is um, the league that I am co-owner of with Snoop and Tally. Um, we've got an event coming up called Error versus Error on the 24th and 25th of July, 2021. It's down at the Fiddler's Elbow in Camden. Very, very staple spot for battle rap in the UK. So if you haven't got a ticket yet, I suggest you go get that. Um, uh, the lovely Linda will post a link in the description so you can go to ticket tailor and purchase your tickets they are very cheap at the moment 15 pound it's 20 pound on the door so if you don't get a ticket you're going to be paying an extra fiver and there's no guarantee that you will get in because we are uh, under restrictions at the moment um also look out for the top contender competition it's going to be ending very soon so if people haven't submitted videos for our top contender um competition you should do so before sunday um that is a competition where you can um spit 16 or 32 bars we prefer 32 um over a beat of your choice and submit it to no loose chat on instagram at no loose chat and hashtag top contender um what else is there bloody hell linda there's so much going on (laughs) it's like i forget most of the time um I've got new music coming, but it's not out yet, so I won't really um, plug it. <laughs> but just know I've got some stuff coming, so look out for that. Um, but listen out for Queenage, though. It's my new tune. It's being spanned on the radio right now. I was um, on Kiss FM last week and Best in Britain show last week. So, yeah, I was in rotation last week. <laughs> this week, I don't know. But, however, we move. Um, what else is going on? All I say is just follow us. Follow us at No Loose Chat. Follow me at uh, The Flyers Paris on Instagram. And all of the stuff is there. There's so much stuff, I can't even remember it off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> you got to just follow. you got to just follow Paris, see what she's up to. Follow No Loose Chat, see what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, sorry. One more thing. I don't know how I could forget this because my girls flipping. We have a new... Um, 
show out called the Tea and Crumpet Show with yeah. me, uh, London Jen and Jay Thinks. And we speak about battle rap, UK and US and all over the world. So uh, tune into that. We are on uh, every two weeks on a Sunday. So not this Sunday, but next Sunday we'll be back. Perfect. Okay. Well, a lot going on, a lot going on. <laughs> Listeners should know about Tea and Crumpets already because when London Gem was on a couple of episodes ago, we let you guys know about um, about the Tea and Crumpet show. So, um, yeah, I, I I particularly, I enjoy that show. I've seen it a couple of times. Um, Thank you. I'm a big fan, so I would highly recommend. Um, but, yeah, follow Paris, follow No Loose Chat, follow um, Teen Crumpet Show just to see what when new episodes are coming out and what you're, what you can catch up on. Um, in terms of me, tune in to What's Politicking You Off. We go live on the Sarcasm City YouTube channel at 3 o'clock every other Saturday and we rant about all things politics. Um, the next episode is this Saturday, so do check it out. Also, tune in to the Talk About It Network live special at the end of every month for a wrap-up of the hottest news and viral stories on the interwebs. Also on the Sarcasm City YouTube channel. Um, follow me on Twitter, at Poopy. See what else I'm involved in. And follow Pod of Mercy on Twitter and Instagram. Please also rate the podcast on iTunes, if you will. And I will see you in two weeks. Bye.